In the wake of Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty and the 2.0 update, many are comparing it to Starfield. And at one level, this is understandable given the nature of the games and the similarities between them. And while I think it is important to remember just how bad Cyberpunk was at launch, it's also helpful to point out what Starfield and Bethesda can learn from a game like Cyberpunk turning a corner. Starfield does not need near the amount of foundational fixes and bug squashing that Cyberpunk did at launch, but the opening two hours of Phantom Liberty, built on the 2.0 update, convinced me that this is a better game than Starfield in many ways, and that could benefit Starfield or games like it going forward. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video, so you don't have to go looking for it. It's sort of an opening monologue. Then, I discuss it with the live audience. If you like this kind of content, be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my shows. Well, Starfield has a new game to be compared to, and it's one that I never expected myself to be playing or praising. But Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty has pulled the game up beyond even where I expected it to. More than that, the 2.0 update tackled systemic and baked-in problems, helping the RPG side of the game stand tall. And after my disappointing experience with Starfield, I could not help but compare the two games. They both offer similar experiences with dialogue, a vast world with NPCs, and a litany of main quests and storylines and things for you to experience. They both have a very similar response to their initial launch. Cyberpunk controlled who could review the game and the embargo and many outlets and YouTubers praised the game. Then when the general public got their hands on the game, reality settled in. Starfield had a very similar journey, to the point that we now have folks making false claims about review bombing on Steam being the cause for the game's score to drop. Now, Starfield did not launch in a state that was as bad as Cyberpunk, but the similarities are hard to ignore. Both games marketed themselves in a way that simply did not come true when the game launched, and that disappointment has been hotly debated due to some fans being convinced that the game is amazing. I myself said in previous coverage that I would love for a 2.0 moment for Starfield because it has broad and good foundation to build upon. And just in case someone wants to accuse me of like, I'm hating on Starfield or I'm covering it too much, it's been 19 days since I did a show on Starfield and I really do still want the game to become closer to what was promised in the marketing. As much as I fall started with Cyberpunk, I also cheered for the game's comeback. I cheered for its improvement. The first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about what both of these games get wrong, okay? I I actually think there are certain aspects of these games that they just do not get right, especially in Cyberpunk's vanilla state, okay? Phantom Liberty is a great step in rectifying a lot of that. Then I want to talk about what both of these games get right. I do think Cyberpunk, when it came out, was in the mid-70s on Steam. That was in the beginning. It's now climbed to an overall score of 80% on Steam. That is commendable and it clearly shows that the game has gotten certain things right and the same could be said for starfield even though it currently is on a decline in overall score it launched to about an 86 percent on steam with about 12,000 reviews now it's close to 60,000 reviews and it's fallen to about a 75 percent globally on steam it's at about a 71 the score drops because of lack of language support so it's at about a 75 i would say for most of the people that are scoring it based on the game's quality and not like a lack of language support even though i do think that's 
should be taken into consideration. So right now, Cyberpunk's on an uprise and an uptick, and Starfield is on a bit of a downturn with respect to score and general public reception. Now, lastly, I want to talk about what Phantom Liberty could teach Starfield. We have to be sure to say this in context, though. Cyberpunk took three years to get to this point, which means if Starfield tackles some of its biggest problems, it will not be a quick turnaround time. And before we get to the meat of this monologue, game comparisons are tough for a few reasons. First, many dismiss any and all game comparisons because, well, no two games are the same, they say. You can't really compare one game to another. I think game comparisons can be very helpful, especially when the games attempt to do similar things. Any game with melee-based combat, for example, well, you can compare it to other games that have melee-based combat with blocking, parry, swords, etc. That's good to make those comparisons if one game is sloppy and a mess and another game is tight and incentivizes finessing fights or getting better, you're going to make those comparisons. The second reason game comparisons can be a little tough is because I remember debating the point about NPC design in Horizon Forbidden West versus Starfield. I think people can take game comparisons too far. That debate was basically me saying there's a big difference between Horizon Forbidden West and Starfield. I do agree that Starfield NPCs look quite bad, and non-Bethesda developers have already modded them to look significantly better. And they did so by just changing the look of the characters. They didn't change the art style, they didn't up the photorealism, they just kind of smoothed things over. So... Maybe in my pushback against the Horizon Forbidden West NPC comparisons, maybe I was wrong, as the modders seem to have proven much could have been done to make them look significantly better. But the point is, I enjoy game comparisons when they seek to contrast and improve or learn from a game. I don't like game comparison done in an effort to trash a game. That's not what I'm doing in this video. I'm not trying to trash Starfield. I'm saying, listen, Cyberpunk is nailing certain aspects of this game type, and I think Starfield could really benefit from what Cyberpunk did with Phantom Liberty specifically. So, first, what did both of these games get wrong? Well, the first and most glaring problem that both Cyberpunk and Starfield commit is slow pacing and bad onboarding. This is the time where the game is supposed to be sort of getting you into it, right? You're learning the systems, you're getting acclimated to the content loop, you're basically getting your footing. And both of these games drag this out in an arduous and unenjoyable way. Yes, long-tail RPGs do take their time, and and yes, they They have lots of systems to show. They have lots of things to teach the player about. But I believe both games did a poor job at pacing this. I've never argued that you should not have tutorials or an intro or ways of teaching the player about your game. But you need to pace it in a way that's enjoyable. RPGs of this size need to consider the first one to two hours as an audition, right? It's not meant to be a dense college class i think that's what i that's kind of the picture i want to put in your mind you can have a lot of great systems tutorials and ways you're teaching the player to play your game but you don't have to structure in a way where it feels like i'm sitting down to my first day in a college class like it can be more of an audition you can kind of get the game started and then do the more tutorial aspects of the game 
jumpstarting the player with some skill points, maybe some loot, maybe even some skills, taking them on a wild two-hour mission with great music, with great settings, with great voice acting, and even, even shootouts in combat, right? That's how you open up your game. Comparing Phantom Liberty to the original opening of Cyberpunk might feel unfair because you're like, well, Phantom Liberty is an expansion. Well, it's a great showcase, though, of how to woo the player, how to wow the player, how to win them over before slowing things down with a tutorial or slower story elements. So I'm not saying that an RPG should just drop you in the game at level 15 with a bunch of loot and a bunch of skills, but Phantom Liberty can inform other RPGs on how to kickstart things a little bit quicker you don't need to give me skill points and abilities you could give me like maybe an ability give me some weapons and just sort of have an opener the way that phantom liberty did it just do some side-by-side comparisons to how phantom liberty opens in its first two hours and compare that to starfield compare that to vanilla cyberpunk it is a drastic difference and for devs and publishers this could be the difference between a longtime player and somebody who puts the game down and gives you a bad score okay so that's the first thing i I think both games can can be said that they just did not do a great job with. You're allowed to have a tutorial opener. You're allowed to sort of acclimate the player to your game, but maybe do that after you have like a really good opener. And Phantom Liberty does that, I think, exceptionally well. The second thing both games got wrong. They marketed the game in a way that was nothing like the released product. Both games were overhyped and positioned in a way that seemed like they would be the next greatest earth-shattering RPG, and neither of them were. Bugs, glitches, systems that weren't well thought out, Cyberpunk had to rework their entire skills and abilities aspects to actually make them impactful. Starfield did practically no innovation here, and the menu and the UI feels like a testing environment build. Nothing feels polished or built well, and the modders continue to show that Starfield just doesn't seem like a top-shelf, well-built game. So many things feel slapped together and not thoughtful. Tied to this overhyping mistake, I also think they both get this wrong. They tried to control the reviews. Even now, the, the Starfield fans, the Xbox fans, they're attempting to frame negative reviews in a false way. IGN's reviewer was attacked and his name trended on Twitter because he gave the game a 7. And now that the Steam score is landing in that score range, well, we have to claim it's being review bombed. You can't review bomb on Steam. We've got evidence that that doesn't work. They don't count towards the total score. And beyond that, you would need an army of people to move the needle on a score when it has almost 60,000 reviews. It's mathematically impossible to move the score on a game in Steam when there's that many people reviewing it. You'd need an army of people review bombing, and Steam is on record as far back as 2019. They fight against review bombing. So even if tens of thousands of people amass together to review bomb Starfield, they wouldn't get away with it Steam would shut it down, but that's what goes on when you do this sort of let's control the narrative of the reviews, right? I've got community members here, I've got community members on Twitter doing the due diligence to prove factually that no one's review bombing on Steam. Low scores on Steam are also not because it's a bad port. Look at the reviews and what they criticize and how long they've played the game. But when the dev and the publisher control the reviews at launch, 
that first week, well, that becomes headcanon. Many people basically say, well, that's the score this game should have. They controlled the score in the beginning. Early access scores on Steam landed in an 86, and that becomes sacred. That becomes this sort of gospel canon that if anybody diverges from that, well, that's wrong. You're review bombing, or you're just a hater. Thankfully, Cyberpunk was so bad, there was no protecting it from the dishonest reviews being seen for what they were. They were just marketing mouthpieces, playing the game and being nice to a game and a publisher because that's how you stay in the good graces and continue to get codes and early access. So both Cyberpunk and Starfield attempted to control the reviews and we're still seeing the reverberations of that in the Starfield narrative about it's being review bombed, That's because you tried to control the review scores, and as soon as it starts to drop, everybody thinks that something is amiss. The last thing that both games get wrong, they have dated engines. Yes, Cyberpunk does look great after all of the updates, but it still feels dated, and it still feels a little rough in certain spots. The creation engine got updated to 2.0, but it doesn't seem to have done much for it. Starfield's not really praised for its technical achievements or its smoothness really anywhere. It's a rough game with lots of issues that need to be smoothed out. It runs well, but NPCs bug out, portions of the map disappear, and a crazy amount of loading screens are all signs of age for the engine. Even CD Projekt Red passively kind of admits this with future projects all landing in unreal 5 it remains to be seen if bethesda makes a similar and tectonic shift away from their own in-house engine for the next elder scrolls game now let's look at what both games get right so that's all the stuff they both get wrong those are all the things they kind of have in common right they, they both did similar missteps Both of them, I think, though, get certain things right. And this is important for one big reason. There is potential here to build upon. Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty isn't just being celebrated because it's good content. The 2.0 update and the new content are helping to elevate the qualities that were already there, shrouded in issues, problems, or just not being built well. Many of them were sort of hidden beneath those problems and those bad design choices. So first... I actually think both games have original stories. You could describe their stories as being good. Even Starfield turned a corner with me when I got far enough for the story to take a turn and become interesting. Once you get past the slow opener, Cyberpunk's story also has a lot of depth and has a lot of creativity. The second thing I think they both get right is voice acting. The voice acting in the game, I actually think, is quite good in both Starfield and in Cyberpunk, right? The voice acting is something that carries a game like this. While some voice actors, I do think, in both games are a little rough, overall, the whole package of both games delivers, I think, a very solid display of voice acting, which is actually impressive given how many voice lines are in each game. Lastly, the music in Starfield and Cyberpunk, it's top shelf. They elevate the gameplay, they elevate the scenes, the moments. It's all very effectively raised and enhanced with the music. These things are all great foundational elements to build upon. You've got good voice acting, you've got good story, you've got good music. Then, you know, tap into those things. Invest in smoothing out the aspects of the game that are a bit rough. And Phantom Liberty does this expertly. So let's talk about what Starfield can learn from Phantom Liberty. 
Now, this is largely going to be a list of things that are basically just better in Cyberpunk versus Starfield. And again, we have to remember, this has been three years in the making. The comeback tour of Cyberpunk has been a slow buildup. Now, that doesn't excuse Starfield for launching in what I think feels like a very rough and dated state, but we need to keep that in mind when we compare, right? Cyberpunk has not always been great in these areas. Cyberpunk took a long time to get where it is today and we need to remember that i'm not acting like cyberpunk has always been a better game i'm not acting like cyberpunk has been the greatest game since the beginning people saying that like it's always been a great game it's always been a good game no it hasn't okay go back when it launched you're rewriting history and it's obnoxious all right first the first lesson that i think we can take from phantom liberty is that dlc or an expansion can make for a better entrance into your game we know starfield has plans dlc well use that moment to fix refine and work on some of the more glaring problems inside of your game hire some of the modders for crying out loud they've already made your ui 10 times better they've already improved the npc faces they've added seamless travel and exploration they've already basically made your game closer to what was originally promised and they don't even work for your company all right and i know people are going to say but it's a dlc phantom liberty is not the beginning of the game it's a dlc again I feel like this is a better entrance and you can circle back to your tutorials and your slower paced moments after and in fact that's literally what Phantom Liberty does I just played it last night the other thing that Cyberpunk does significantly better than Starfield is customization I'm instantly able to look how I want when I find something cool inside of Cyberpunk Starfield in the first three hours of play I lost count How many times I sort of groaned at having to get rid of a cool-looking helmet or jetpack or spacesuit. The lack of transmog in an RPG in 2023 feels like a huge step backwards. You create all these amazing items with unique looks. They've got unique aesthetics, and I can't wear them because they're going to pull my stats down. I, I, I don't understand why we are still in this phase, and again, in Starfield, it was insane to me that I would find really cool-looking jetpacks or helmets and basically be like, well, this is terrible on stats. I can't wear it. I've got to get rid of it. That, again, just feels like a giant step backwards, right? Because, listen... <laughs> This is an RPG. Like, why would I want to look a certain way? Well, when you want to look a certain way, you want to feel a certain way. That's part of how you get immersed into an RPG. Another thing Cyberpunk does better is RPG flow. The weight limit in Cyberpunk allowed me to play for over two hours and never stopped to say, well, I got to drop some stuff on the ground, okay? The absolutely horrible and restrictive weight limit in the early stages of Starfield creates a flat tire. After every section, every battle, every shootout, you're dropping guns and various items that would be fun to sell, keep, look at. Again, transmog could be in there. And for people to say, well, don't don't pick everything up, you gotta choose a side, right? Is Starfield great because you can pick everything up? Is it great because of item permanence? Yes, that's great. That's why there's loading screens. That's why they had to cap at a 30 FPS. Well, then why do they create a latent weight limit in the early stages of the game that has me stopping every five feet to dump stuff on the ground that's not conducive to good gameplay it's not conducive to immersion right in the early stages of cyberpunk 
with Phantom Liberty, I was able to stay immersed in the story, the mission, and the combat. I was not constantly having to stop and drop stuff and manage my inventory. Starfield just fails at this in a baffling fashion, given how they just replicated the looting system directly from Fallout. They do, they brought everything over from Fallout 4. Warts and all, alright? Another thing that Cyberpunk gets better than Starfield is combat. The guns just feel so much better in Cyberpunk. I was surprised that they didn't focus on this in any of their updates and any of their videos, trailers. I remember when I watched their one stream, they focus on all of the cool melee builds that you can have, right? I, like, I, I don't know why they didn't focus on the fact that guns were going to feel way, way better. Maybe they didn't do much with it. Maybe I'm, maybe I have a false memory, but I didn't even get a chance to respec into the perks that I wanted because I reloaded a checkpoint and it undid. I basically respect my character because when you first get into Phantom Liberty, I skipped to it. I skipped the opener. I respect my character. And then after I respect my character, I was like, oh, I made a mistake. I got shot. We started over, right? I, I didn't realize we were supposed to sneak. It just said to go to the spot. So I went to the spot and everybody started shooting me because I was in my car and I ran over like a, a guardrail. So I lost my respect. The fact that I felt as good as I did without even respecting to me, I'm actually now looking forward to respecting since the combat and the guns feel so good. Starfield just sort of feels like an old shooter. It feels a lot like Fallout. Yes, the guns feel better than Fallout, but I would love to see a quality pass on guns and player feedback in Starfield. Again, an expansion or a DLC like Phantom Liberty, it's a great time to do this. Just a few more things that I believe Starfield can learn from Phantom Liberty before we move on. Cyberpunk has better graphics than before, okay? It's better than before. Yes, it does look prettier than Starfield. It has better NPCs, okay? Cyberpunk's NPCs look significantly better. The graphics are better. It's, it's hard to, to deny that, okay? Starfield modders have already proven that the NPCs can be vastly improved. And tied to graphics being improved, I would love to see a graphics pass on, on Starfield. I would love to see a pass on the NPCs, right? The other thing I think that we've got to draw the comparison on is... Starfield is riddled with loading screens. So much of Starfield's flow is halted by loading screens. You've got one for a door. You've got one for a building. You've got one to come back out of the building. You've got one for your ship. I've even seen big fans of Starfield say just how noticeable this is when they come and play Cyberpunk. When they come and play Phantom Liberty, they're like, oh my gosh, the number of loading screens in Starfield is so much more noticeable whenever you go and play a game like Cyberpunk that doesn't have any. It's refreshing to travel great distances, go into a building, an elevator, go up flights of stairs, then I leave the building, and then I go all the way across town in my car or on foot, and I do that without a single loading screen. This obviously is linked to the dated engine and possibly the constraints of the Series S, but look, Cyberpunk runs on the Series S, so the hope would be that Starfield could remove some of the loading screens if possible. Lastly, Cyberpunk has a better UI and inventory system than Starfield. When you combine the UI and the inventory issues with the loading screens, it really shows you just how much Starfield kind of pulls you out of the game. A game that is meant to be a choose-your-own-adventure RPG to immerse yourself in is constantly pulling you out of it. So Phantom Liberty, I think, just offers a lot of great insight into how Starfield could be improved. 
So is is Cyberpunk 2077 a better game than Starfield? In a lot of the ways that I just outlined, after the 2.0 update especially, and Phantom Liberty, yes, I do think Cyberpunk is better than Starfield if you're looking for an RPG with guns and dialogue and, and back and forth. But, this means that there's hope for Starfield to get to a better place because Cyberpunk was not always in this position. The people that say it was always a good game are rewriting history. They're being dishonest. This game always had issues and problems. It never scored particularly strong. Even on Steam, it was in the mid-70s back when it launched. On console, it was abysmal to play, and many people found the game to be massively disappointing against the overhyped marketing that they received. But... If there's hope for Starfield, I mean, whether you love Starfield or you maybe you feel like me, maybe you're more lukewarm to the game, wanting the game to improve is not a bad thing. It took Cyberpunk three years to get here and learning from it, taking lessons from it, taking inspiration from it. Starfield could likely have its 2.0 moment even sooner. So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusions on this, okay, I would never, I just, I never ever thought this was going to be the, a, a day where Cyberpunk won me over. It took three years of updates, a complete overhaul, a new DLC, the ability to skip the opening, but they did it, okay? I played last night off stream. I booted up in my living room, and it does slow down a bit after the opening two hours, but... That's fine. I'm way more tolerant of that pacing shift after experiencing such a great opener. The original opener for Cyberpunk is basically get in a cool shootout in your car, you get a montage with Jackie, and now you're in this very slow plodding opener. Phantom Liberty is the exact opposite of that. And yes, I know they dropped me in the game with guns and I'm level 15 and I have abilities and skills, but... You could create a middle ground here. You don't have to drop me in your RPG at level 15 with a bunch of guns and a bunch of abilities, but you could certainly have the opening two hours be more compelling, be more exciting. Phantom Liberty is great from moment one, and after those opening two hours, I'm saying, I I gotta do more. I wanna dive in more. And to be quite honest with you, you could build an opener just like Phantom Liberty, and I don't need skills, maybe a gun or two, and it still would have worked. I, I don't think what I'm saying is, let's skip the beginning of a game, just give me all the leveling points. What I'm saying is, you've got to create that audition point so that when things slow down, when you need to do a tutorial for something like Brain Dance, the player is more accepting of that because they're a fan now. So now as things are slowing down and I'm walking around and doing different things and it's not quite as action-oriented, I'm okay with that. Why? Because you won me over. You got me in. You hooked me with your open. The second thing I want to say is this. Starfield is certainly different than cyberpunk okay they're, they're different they're different games but the similarities start to feel uncanny when you add them up they were both over marketed they both under delivered there's been controversy around their rev- review scores ravenous fans on both sides are debating the game's quality some people are saying it's a great game from the very beginning and the rest of us are like no it's not for me in very similar fashion i'm rooting for starfield to have a similar trajectory that cyberpunk has had the, the, the game disappointed me. It didn't hook me, especially with a sea of great games. And I've got an ever-growing backlog, right? And we still have more games coming out this year with Lords of the Fallen and Spider-Man 2. But much like Cyberpunk, I have jealousy for the folks that enjoy 
Starfield. I want the game to improve. I want it to get to a better place, not just for me, but for everybody who felt sort of burned by Starfield's disappointing launch. My conclusion is this, whether you love Starfield or hate Starfield, whether you are falling in love with Cyberpunk or you've always loved Cyberpunk, you can't help but but admit that both games are polarizing. And it makes sense why. They promised a grand RPG experience and both have struggled to deliver that. But we can say that Cyberpunk committed itself to improvement, to, to bettering itself, which I think is the best lesson for Starfield. Cyberpunk committed itself to that. It improved itself. It bettered itself. And that's the lesson for Starfield, ultimately. Much like what these games promise. A a chance to, to level up. A chance to improve. A chance to grow stronger. That's the future that I want to see for Starfield. A future where the game is in a better place. A future where additive content is an opportunity to turn a corner. A, A future where I come back to the game and truly want to play it but for now i'm actually headed back into night city i'm headed back into dogtown which is something that i never thought i would be saying and that's the show open thank you guys so much for being here and and hanging out if you haven't checked out phantom liberty you should really check out my gameplay yesterday the first two hours uh, and how it flows. I basically did the skip to Phantom Liberty option. I still haven't respect my character. The initial spec they give you is is fine. Like it, I didn't feel like I I needed to respec. I may just keep playing and invest in the things that I want to invest in. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you guys smash the like button. Maybe get some coffee orders going and get those gifted members going. You guys are at around, I forget where, I'm going to have to look because uh, it because it's continued uh, to drop a little bit here at the end of the month, but there's still opportunities to unlock great perks for next month. Let's look at fan funding and make sure I didn't miss anything. Okay, I didn't. You guys are learning. Don't do super chats and gifteds during the show open because I can't shout them out. Let me give you guys an active member count so you guys can kind of know where we stand in relation to the goals. We are at 2,300. So we're still at 2,300, and this is what you're fighting for, 2,300. 3,000 is for Fight Night. Uh, Nice, fun stream with my wife where we play like a game against each other. We recently did that with Mortal Kombat 1, and we will be doing that again with another game next month if you guys can snag that before the end uh, the end of the, the end of the month five gifted members that is the first member gift of the day Han shot first and so do you thank you so much for the five bomb from William Lewis appreciate you so so much um Everyone, I'm shocked, shaking to the core that Nix is one of the best PC boards would be working on PC version of this game, uh, which is very important. Sony efforts. Who would have seen this coming? <laughs> uh, yeah, good to see that that's been announced for Horizon. It's beyond just being the genre. Uh, has the same mental jack in with corrupting the user's mind. I'm not sure what you're saying. Are you saying these games are similar? I'm, 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 I might miss part of that conversation because I wasn't looking at chat. I went back to Jedi Survivor now that it's fixed. It's better, but I just wanted to compare Horizon for Rubens and no contest. Oh, yeah, yeah. The production level in Jedi Survivor is fine, but it's not exceptional. It's passable. It's pretty, but it's not near. Forbidden West is gorgeous. Lona, did you see the news about the rain effect of Starfield and what the lead visual effects artist said about it? Very interesting indeed. 
Uh, I saw that they said they said that hey, you know, it's only it's only around it's only around the player or whatever. I don't see why that matters. Like, when are you gonna when are you gonna like? I don't know. Light Rose is back in stock. Picked up six bags last night. YouTube Lurker, thank you so much for picking up six bags. Light Rose is back. Single gifted member right there from DK Beggar. Thank you guys so, so much for doing that. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Uh, let me go in here and... Oh, that's the wrong thing. I can, I can actually put in the... Uh, I've got a coffee... Where is the coffee one? Where did I put it? I've got coffee somewhere. I can't remember where I put it. Um, I actually have a... Oh, I do have a coffee slide. Here, let me add the slide that Creature gave me. We have one that'll show you guys kind of what Light Roast looks like. Uh, just so y'all can see it. And uh, there you go. Light Roast is back. Citrus milk, chocolate, cream, and honey. 100% uh, Arabica City plus profile. Responsibly sourced. Artisan Roasted South American Multi-Origin Blend. ReforgeRoast.com. So there you go. It is back in stock. Does it look like tea? No. Loving the updated Cyberpunk. I started a new character, and I'm going to play through it till I get to the random call to start Phantom Liberty. think I need to get the Voodoo Boys to get it. The, 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 the shooting and the conversation with the NPC, let's be honest, the visuals too are way better. From where I sit, I definitely think... Um, I definitely think that the way they handle the pacing, the shooting, the NPCs, the graphics, yes, yeah, Cyberpunk is, at this point, it is better. I, I think it looks better, it feels better, plays better. Um, this guy says, if you are hit up for $100, you should have gaming as a hobby. You're dragging down the industry. I'm not sure what you're trying to say, Baba. Um... Thank you so much uh, for for the gifteds, though. The, the, guys, who, what are you guys bringing up in the Discord? You're saying... I don't even think that's true, is it? Or did he get it from uh, DK? I'm not sure what you're talking about. You have to finish the Pacifica plot to get the call. Okay. Uh, Lyros is the best. Sorry, Zubair and Abe. Yeah, Lyros is back. Get your orders in. I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We are we're talking about like 18 different things. Let, let's let's try to stay on 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 subject today. So the reason I wanted to draw this comparison is because I actually think we could be saying something similar. We could be saying something similar about Starfield when it releases DLC. Like I think there could be a 2.0 moment for for Starfield as well. I feel they could invest in a lot of the things that we've been talking about. They can invest in a lot of the things that the modders themselves have invested in. You better UI, better inventory, make the NPCs look better. You know, if there's a way to get rid of some of the loading screens. Like watching watching big fans of Starfield essentially say that playing Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty it's just showing them just how dated Starfield really feels. The fact that there's just, there's just loading screens everywhere, just that alone. Uh, Digital Foundry said that Cyberpunk still has screen tearing on console, not compelled. I noticed the screen tearing in Jedi Survivor when it happened back before it was patched. I didn't see any screen tearing yesterday, and buddy, I noticed that kind of stuff. I hate that kind of stuff. 
Are they saying it happens in like a specific place? Are they saying that something triggers it? I didn't see any screen tearing yesterday. I played for over two hours. I was in cities. I was in dense environments. I was in shootouts. There was lighting effects, fire effects. I just, my, I didn't, I did not see any any screen tearing. I'm not saying screen tearing isn't happening. I'm just saying, is it minimal? Is it in specific circumstances? I'm not sure. UI is subjective. Oh, I disagree. I think good and bad UI is is objective to a certain degree. If you don't have $100 to drop on a game like Starfield, then you're pulling the industry down is the funniest take I've seen in chat for a while. Why on earth did he say that? I don't understand why he said that. That just feels weird. If I go to YouTube, I see Starfield trending. Starfield is probably trending still. I would imagine it's still highly searched because people on a game like that are going to be looking for builds. They're going to be looking for guides. They're going to be looking for, you know, just content about it in general. There's a lot of people still playing it. I think people are, you know, supporting the game, liking the game, playing the game. I don't necessarily think that it's it's like fallen off the face of the earth or anything. I also think it's probably trending because, hey, somebody ordered some coffee. Thank you so much. Um, I can't say your name. We, we're going to get to the point where we get like a username to shout out, but somebody, your your name, your your email starts with the letter K. Uh, thank you so much for ordering some light roast. We got two orders yesterday for light roast. Thank you guys so, so much. Uh, Digital Foundry did show Series X version of Phantom Liberty runs worse than the PS5. Wait, I thought it was the other way around. I thought I thought Cyberpunk ran slightly better on the Series X. Are you did you get that backwards? I thought I read, maybe I'm thinking of a different game, but I thought I read that Cyberpunk performed slightly better on Series X. <clears throat> Do we know technically why Cyberpunk is so much better looking? Ignore path tracing, just set it to ultra without ray tracing and the game is really pretty. Uh, Starfield not so much I mean I would be willing to say I would be I would be willing to say it could be the engine I think the creation engine is you know kind of kind of rough right I, I, I would I would say it's rough that you know they're they're still having to do certain things they're still having to you know the item permanence the the way that they I don't even know I, I don't there's something about it that just feels dated. I can't give you like a technical breakdown of Creation Engine's problems, but I just feel like it's an old engine that's showing its age. They've got loading screens everywhere. I, the, the NPCs are kind of funky and move kind of funky. I, now, modders are making the game prettier already, so it's, I don't even know. <laughs> it's like, do we blame the engine or do we blame Bethesda? Because modders have had the game for like a couple of weeks and they already made the NPCs look better. So, I, yeah, the physics in creation are impressive. I will say that. When the one person like dropped all the potatoes and like you saw them all fall, the physics in creation, I will I will always admit, is, is very impressive. There was a guy that did a Domino's setup with sandwiches he set up all of the the sandwiches like through a room up a room up some stairs and like it was actually pretty cool so i think the physics are pretty impressive i'm as far as graphical fidelity goes it does seem interesting that modders can make the game look better in very short amount of time 
Uh, never consider modding as a video game company's 2.0 moment. That's community effort. That's content made by consumers. I didn't say the modding was a 2.0 moment. Did somebody else say that? I didn't say that. I was saying that they could have a 2.0 moment. And I think that the modders prove that they could significantly make the game look better. They could make the NPCs look better. Right? If 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 you guys are going to, you know, compare both games side by side, I think it's very very clear that one you know one is prettier than the other but one certainly could look prettier with a little bit of spit shine like are the modders just that talented like i don't understand what's happening oh you're not talking to me okay oh yeah i was gonna say i never want to give the impression that the modders are going to bring about the 2.0 moment for starfield in my estimation the modders are proving that you can you can make the good game look better you can they have to account for all of the possible permutations. Everything in their games also can collide. Systems collide with each other. Other games simply can't do this. I mean, look, I can pick up a lot. I can loot a lot. I can do a lot in Cyberpunk. I never once felt like in any of these circumstances where... I think we had another blip again. Why is this? This keeps happening. If you guys are having to refresh, I am really sorry. It's not. It's it's not me. We we skyrocketed to, to a really really nice view count, and then we just dropped a hundred viewers. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, you guys are ever in that situation? Consider lowering quality. If you're trying to run the stream at the top quality, I think sometimes that bumps some of you guys. If the platform has any problems at all, uh, let me open the door. Give me one second. like the worst time of year where it's like cold in the mornings and then it gets hot in the office and hot out hot in the car uh woden's throne says digital founder released a video on phantom liberty yesterday it showed the frame rate graph going into low 50s high 40s on the series x i that's surprising to me i thought traditionally that i thought traditionally cyberpunk ran better on the series x because it depends on what you utilize if you throw more at the CPU than the GPU, uh, I believe Series X gets a little bit of a bump. If you throw more at the GPU as opposed to the CPU, I feel like PS5 gets a little bit of a bump. It's never significant, but typically that's the way it breaks down. You can find games that run better on Series X cross-platform. These are cross-platform games. These are multi-plat games. You can find games that run better on PS5. I think it kind of cuts both ways. Typically, it depends on the game itself and how it, you know, how it either utilizes CPU versus GPU and the like. What are the chances of Starfield having a 2.0 moment while having to ship on the Series S? I mean, that's an excellent question because I wonder, you know, these guys that are doing all this modding, making the NPCs look better, creating seamless travel, you know, can some of the loading screens be removed? Um, not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. I don't know what's happening at YouTube. I don't have any issues on my end, and the back end's telling me it's not getting enough of a signal. Um, I do not understand. They might need to do a patch. Well, I mean, that would be the ultimate question, would it not? Can 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 the things that we're talking about can, can the things that we're talking about be addressed? Can they be updated? Can they be fixed? Can they be tweaked? Like, I don't know. The other question, the other more important question is, 
it seems like the stream is running just fine. I just picked it up on my phone. It seems like the more important question is, does Bethesda want to do any of this? Does Bethesda want to do any of this? Because, like, clearly, CD Projekt Red set their sights on, we want to improve this game. We want to make this game better. Right? We want to make this game, you know, really, really kick up a notch. We want to completely rework systems. Does Bethesda feel the same way about Starfield? Now, I think that the fair thing to say is Cyberpunk in its vanilla state was significantly worse than Starfield. Starfield in its vanilla state is not nearly as bad as Cyberpunk was. Cyberpunk was in a much worse state. I actually think Starfield has a better foundation to build upon because you've got you've got a lot more stuff that just seems like it's built well in comparison like Cyberpunk just had foundational problems and oddities and they also had to consider the fact that they were launching on old gen and that was a huge problem but so I think that motivated CD Project Red to dig down and to say we we really need to put this game back on course I don't know if Bethesda feels the same way about Starfield because Starfield didn't launch in the state that they didn't launch in the state that Cyberpunk launched in. It, does that make sense? Liza P. Archbishop got nerfed. I mean, they lowered his health. <laughs> That's not much. People are calling that a nerf. I think they're just lowering health. They're probably just saying, look, it's taking a little bit too long to drain these health bars. Let's just lower them a little bit, right? Bethesda isn't going to do a bunch of improvements, says Solemn. Those changes directly affect current and future mods' ability to work, and they are clearly going to be leaning into the player modding, says Solemn, which is financially and business smart. Yeah, I really wonder if 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 I'm ever going to get what I want then. Right? Am I ever going to get my 2.0 moment in Starfield? Another person ordered some coffee. Thank you guys so much. The Light Roast is back, and you guys seem to be very happy about it. Uh, Zyber, thank you so much, Zyber, for ordering some coffee. There's the description of the Light Roast right there. ReforgeRoast.com if you want to order any. Dark Roast is obviously there as well. They've released patches already, a pretty big one coming. They do feel the same way, trust me. Todd wanted this to happen and is waiting for the mods. They love to add patches. Am I ever going to get my 2.0 moment, though, if they lean on modders instead of themselves? Like, you just, does that make sense? A five bomb comes in from Gilbert Sanchez. Thank you so much. Five gifted members, and it takes us to 11. You guys could scramble and have a... Oh, gosh. YouTube is definitely having some trouble because now I'm all over the place on bitrate. We're dropping frames. YouTube is seriously having some issues. If this continues, I'm going to switch ingest servers. Uh, I don't know what's going on. We haven't had these problems in a super-duper long time. They must be doing something on the back end. But thank you again, Gilbert Sanchez, for gifting those members. If you guys want to help out, whenever the website acts up like this and you know we lose viewers or whatever, YouTube kind of punishes us for that. So consider smashing the like button. Consider uh, gifting some members. It'll help us out. Um, Eugene says, If a game refuses to make foundational changes because of modders, that company has lost priorities. That's absurd. Absolutely absurd. Right, the idea that like I might not get a 2.0 moment in Starfield because they're just gonna like let the friggin' modders fix the game, like that's that's such leaning into the meme. That's what everybody has always said about Fallout. Everybody's always said that about Skyrim, and I always felt like that was completely disingenuous. It was like 
that's not at all that's not at all true at least for in my estimation when i played skyrim and when i played fallout 4 i thought they were great games out of the box and many people were like they weren't playable they were trash they were terrible and it's like and so the 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 view the viewpoint is oh those games were fixed by the modders leaning into that meme i think would be terrible it's a substantial patch. Some of the elitists are upset. What? What's a substantial patch? You talking about the Starfield patch? Not everyone uses mods, so not all the people, uh, they'll get left out in the cold. Right, like if you don't go download the mods that makes like the NPCs look bigger, what's that going to do? You're just never going to know that the NPCs can look better because, you know, Starfield refuses to push out updates or, or comb over or polish their game. I, I don't know. The more, the more these mods roll out, the more I'm like, huh? Why couldn't they do that? Why couldn't Bethesda do that? These aren't even people that work at the company. Uh, this is how it all started. Hang on. I can't... Mm, I hate the fact that I cannot click on your message. I have to... Mm. I wish I could remove the sidebar with everybody's names. I don't need to see that all the time. I just want to go up to your message. Uh, Butter says, you build a donut shop and your community loves your donuts you put out, but one day someone brings in some donuts that are made with your base recipe. More and more continue to do it till eventually all you provide is a plain donut and you let everyone else build the game for you. It's 90% mods that make Bethesda's games polished in the end. That, again, I just feel like that's leaning into a meme. I, I don't I don't feel like that's the, the appropriate approach at all. That, that you're leaning into a meme that like bug Thesda lets the community fix their games platform this game is a flagship for can't use the mod says Eugene don't they they can bring the mods to Xbox can they not I thought they did that in the past didn't they they brought mod support for Fallout 4 did they not hide member list oh my gosh you can oh my gosh that's amazing. Oh, it makes the text too big, though. Because of how I position it with... I have YouTube chat and Discord chat. It doesn't help me. I appreciate the insight, though. I didn't know you could do that. Levi Sorensen with a $5 Super Chat tip. Do you think they hurt the reception of the game by removing the fuel management mechanic and nerfing the environmental hazards? I don't know what you're talking about. You're, are you trying to tell me that they... Let, let me reread this question so that I really understand it. Do you think they hurt the game reception by removing fuel management mechanic and nerfing environmental hazards? No. The, the reception of Starfield, I don't think was hurt by that. It's been there for years. Well, whenever I position the chat, Murph, that button is out of frame. I can't see that button. If you guys could see my screen... I literally have YouTube chat overlapping on top of Discord, and I can just see the Discord chat room. I can't see anything else. I can't see my the rooms in the server. I can't see the people. I have that off screen. I was just wanting the ability to like click on a th- when someone refers back to a quote. It doesn't let me click on it. I have to stretch Discord to make it clickable. Eugene says, so then stop telling me Xbox is getting the same mod support. Those mods have to be uploaded to the Creation Store. Right, isn't Creation Club going to come to console and get support? I believe that's the plan. Now, obviously, that doesn't do anything for people right now on Xbox. 
I don't know you could get mods on consoles. I figured it was just PC. As far as I know, they're bringing Creation Club to Starfield on console, as far as I know. So, I, I, but that's sort of a side issue, is it not? Let's say they do bring mod support. Let's say they do bring mod support to console. That's, I, I want the, I want the developers to fix the game, not the modders. If you're going to try to have a 2.0 moment for the game, if you're going to make the NPCs look better, the graphics, the lighting, if you want to make the shooting feel better, all those things that I think Cyberpunk does significantly better than Starfield. The NPCs look graphically better and more realistic. The shooting feels better. There's no loading screens. Graphics overall look better. If you're going to take those things and say, okay, these are things we would like to improve. The UI, the customization, transmog. These are all things that Cyberpunk does better than Starfield. So if you're going to add those things into Starfield, I want the devs to do it, not modders. It's like, what? The idea that you're going to have community members fixing your game people that don't even work for the company i'm i'm not with that that that's like i said that's leaning into a meme at that point and i for people to be like well that's just bethesda games what why why is that acceptable to sell you a product that's clearly incomplete that community members are gonna fix are you kidding me could any other game get away with that would jedi survivor get away with that if you get the game you want, Lono, why does it matter who coded it? With mods, you can customize to the exact experience you want. Do you want better NPC or more sandwiches? Your choice with mods. Dubair, if they put it in Creation Club, it can be potentially something that costs money. You know that, right? We're, we're talking about something that could potentially actually cost money. So instead of them fixing their game, improving the game's quality of life, investing in their game, they're going to put it in Creation Club and and it's potentially going to be monetized. What? what? So you're saying, if I get the game I want, what matters who coded it? It matters because of who I gave my money. I didn't give my money to some coder, some modder. I gave my money to them. No, I did not know that. Now, I'm not saying they will do that, Zubair, but if it ends up in Creation Club, it 100% could cost money. And then you're putting quality of life improvements behind a paywall, which is insanity. That's absolutely insanity. Imagine a company charging for that. Yeah, guys, we got a great patch coming out. Update 2.0 for Cyberpunk. It costs $5. What? (laughs) What did you just say to me? Are you crazy? It doesn't have to be monetized. I just said it. I didn't say that it's going to be monetized. I said that it could be. There is the potential that this thing lands monetized. And if it lands monetized, what are we even talking about? We're we're talking about... You're talking about letting people improve your game for you, which that in and of itself is insane to me. And then beyond that... You're going to you're going to you're going to potentially let somebody charge money to improve the game. We're on the live gaming rotator. That might be why the viewership is all over the place. We are in 6th place on live. Okay, so that might, we might be getting a high a high click through bounce rate there. If you guys are just tuning in, if you clicked on the stream, you need to subscribe to talk in my chat. We're sort of talking about what Starfield can learn from Cyberpunk, specifically with Phantom Liberty, the expansion and the things that Cyberpunk does better. I would love to see those things come to 
Starfield. I would love to see Starfield improved over time and learn from another game that I believe is is doing is doing things better than than Starfield does them. If I recall, I think quality of life mods were free and content mods were the ones that cost money. I, I'm hoping you're right, Chris. I'm hoping you're right. If I go to the Creation Club store and it's like, make the NPCs look prettier, and I'm like, okay, cool, let me get that. That should be free. The next one next to it might be like, make all the bad guys look like stormtroopers. Okay, you can charge money for that, right? Now, obviously, Disney might have something to say about that, but you get my point. One that's like additive, one that's like content, that's not the same as like a quality of life patch. It's like, well, we made the the NPCs look better, or we made the lighting better, or we made, you know, we made the textures better, or whatever. Or we added a transmog system. I, I, I again feel like I'm in an upside-down universe that we're talking about a game that launched largely I would say in a rough state and we're talking about it being okay for the community to fix it for the community to make it better that I I, I, I feel like I'm in an upside down room talking to people in straight jackets what are we talking about that's nuts that's not how it should that shouldn't be acceptable like at all Member goal, let's make Lono play more Lies of P. I tell you what, I you there's your there's your member goal. If you guys can hit 3000 members before the week is up, if we can end this month at 3000 members, not only will you get fight night with Madam, I'll try to beat Archbishop this Friday night. There you go. There's your goal. Go for it. Without raging, I'm not allowed to complain. I have to smile the whole time. It might have to be a dry night. There's no way I'm drinking. <laughs> I'm going to play Archbishop. Are you new to Bethesda games? This has been accepted for Bethesda games. Is it quality of life or content? If someone adds bigger, uh, a bigger boobs or butts mod, asking for a friend. <laughs> I want to see Lono play Lies of P. I was, re- I was really loving it. I really, really was. I was having so, I was, I was, I love the the perfect block in that game feels really good. It really does. From Friday Returns. I'd honestly like to see Bethesda create a sandbox game designed for modding. I'm not sure what you mean. I'd honestly like to see Bethesda create a sandbox game designed for modding. Oh, you mean a game that's just literally a sandbox. Just like you want people almost like Fortnite creative is what you're saying. Did I miss Lono streaming Lies of P? I streamed it a little bit last week, actually, when Madam and I were streaming, and we were supposed to play. What was Friday night about? Oh, it was it was a uh, Beat Saber. I, I did the I did the Jar Jar Binks Beat Saber stream. When we did that, uh, before I did that, I played some Lies of P. I actually was having a good time. I was I beat a couple of bosses. It was fun. Not like I don't think I beat any big bosses. They were like the mini bosses throughout the map. I was, I was fighting some guy in a, in a closet. It was super small, and there was a table in the middle of the room. It was actually a fun fight. I'd honestly love to see Skyrim release another game that doesn't need mods for a handful of play, right? The community loves to do it. The big content uh, will still be direct from Bethesda. Well, okay, okay, well, let's get back to that, Jake. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about what the community can do. I don't care about that. I didn't buy a collector's edition. I didn't buy a collector's edition from the community. I bought it from Bethesda. 
I bu I bought your game, so I would like to see the game polished and improved by you because it's your game. And so when they do an expansion, when they do a DLC, that's what today is about. They can learn from Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk bettered itself, improved itself. They dropped Phantom Liberty. I want to play Phantom Liberty right now. I can't believe that the game has done what it's done. I kept telling you guys, I false started with Cyberpunk. I false started with Cyberpunk. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then yesterday, I got two hours in, and I had to make myself stop playing because it was soccer night. The reason we started late today, I wrote my 30-page monologue this morning. I slammed out that show open about as fast as I have ever written a monologue in my life. I got nothing done last night because I recorded a 20-minute video about Elder Scrolls Six that we're going to watch later. So I, the, the whole point of today is I can't believe this has happened. I can't believe this game has turned a corner with me. I can't believe I want to play the game the way that I do. And I'm looking at Starfield thinking, you could do the same thing. You could do the same thing. You could spend the next two or three years adding content, adding updates, smoothing things over. You know, they could. They could 100% do it. And I think that that would be that would be amazing for everybody. That'd be amazing for everybody involved. That would be amazing for the community that likes the game. Because there are people right now that love Cyberpunk, and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. The game's always been great. I am thrilled for you. There's people like me that have always felt like a lukewarm sort of jealousy of, man, I wish I could get into Cyberpunk. This is great for us as well, because we're getting to enjoy the game and desiring to play it, and I bought it. So it's like, now I'm kind of getting my money's worth out of it. Now, yes, it, 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 it did require three years of updates, and it did require me buying a DLC, which might feel absurd to some people, but after I read all the updates and everything that they did, I was willing... I was willing to, to to give it a go. And and again, some of that is, as I've said, there, there. I have this sort of, I've always had this sort of distant, from afar, jealousy about Cyberpunk. I've always wanted to get into the game. It's a game that I should enjoy. It's got guns. It's got loot. It's an RPG. It's got an open world. It's got a lot of the things that, that, that I like. It's got a lot of the things that should hook me. A bigger question says Abe. I'm assuming Bethesda wants to improve on Starfield, but will Microsoft let them? Cyberpunk 2077 didn't answer to anyone and made that call themselves. Bethesda reports to Microsoft. Well, let's take what... Um, y- y- good point, Abe. Let's take what Pete Hines said about Redfall. Right? Let's take what Pete Hines said about Redfall. A game hits different to a certain extent when it's on Game Pass. It's always there. It's always there as a flagship of Game Pass. Javier Cotto says they won't do it, Lono. They're waiting for the modders to do it for them. I hope not. Solemn says modders don't have the same constraints nor need permissions to work on said mods, which gave them way more freedom to give us what we want, more than Bethesda will ever have. Well, I think that's sad. I do. I think that's a bummer if that's what it ends up turning out to be, because I think Starfield has a much better foundation than Cyberpunk. First, I really like that Bethesda has a vibrant mod community, and I have zero problem with the Creation Club folks making a few bucks for their hard work. Second, I agree with Lono, it should not be necessary. 
Oh, heck, with a $10 Super Chat tip says, Bethesda is stuck in an old development methodology. They haven't learned from their that, that what their engine is capable of based on how modders have pushed it. See, that's, that's where my mind goes. It's your engine, you're sticking with it, and the modders seem to know better than you. Why? How does that happen? Like, Solemn says, oh, well, the modders don't have the same constraints that the developers do. Okay, wh- why? What's what? Why is that happening? Do you have institutional systemic setups that don't, a- don't enable your, you know, your, your people to work and do the things that they want? That seems weird. Bethesda has constraints because consoles require certification <clears throat> so that the patch doesn't break the game. Solemn says, it is sad, but it's better than nobody being able to give us what we want, even if down to the smallest detail or improvement, I'll take that over neither. But I feel like you're accepting, I feel like you're accepting a false binary. Well, we either don't get it at all, or the modders give it to us. What? No. Bethesda could take pride in their work and make their game better. Well, I just, I don't understand where we are. I know you're not justifying it. I just feel like I'm in a foggy maze of oddity. It's like, in what universe are we justifying a game company not improving their game and letting the community do it? What is hat? Like that's that is insanity to me. That's absolutely bonkers. That's bonkers. We we have so many games that launch incomplete, rough, and not ready. would we let any other game or developer get away with this why does Bethesda get a pass I don't get it what's the impetus they just they got the communal symbiotic relationship in place so long ago that it's basically now sacrosanct it's like well now that's okay that's what it is five dollars from the Batosai Starfield will not be as relevant as Cyberpunk the anime made people fans of the IP and brought me back to the game Starfield will fade away like 76 I agree, but if it's not financially feasible, there is no way for them to deliver exactly what's in their hearts. Now, I think that's fair. I think that's fair of like, well, CD Projekt Red can kind of do whatever they want. Uh, Bethesda might not have that luxury. Bethesda may not have the luxury to be like, yeah, let's just do whatever we want. We're going to go do this. And Microsoft's going to be like, no, you're not. (laughs) That's not That's not the priority right now. Again... Pete Hines seems to be under the impression that a game on Game Pass should be improved over the next couple of years. He said that about Redfall. We'll see how much they actually do end up doing with Redfall. I have a feeling in about a year there'll be nothing done to it at all. And I will gladly be proven wrong on that, but I don't think they're going to do jack squat with Redfall. They're going to let that thing drift out of frame. Mavith the Reaper with a two spot. I'm confused why modders don't get paid. They can get paid through Creation Club. They can. It's like buying a new car and expecting a group of independent mechanics to come in and replace the defective parts with custom handmade ones. Look at a game like City Skyline, says Zubair. I bet you the vast majority of players are playing. Come on. Okay, that's going to be a pretty big blip. I switched ingest servers. You might have to refresh. Um, it, it just kept happening. It just kept happening. So I just switched ingest servers. Hopefully that resolves it. I switched to the backup ingest servers. 
<clears throat> they're clearly doing something with the main ingest servers and I don't want to be on them if that's the case so hopefully that fixes it you might need to refresh if people in chat complain about audio or blips or hiccups or anything like that you're going to need to refresh we're going to take a huge hit on viewership we're about an hour into the broadcast so do me a favor smash the like button if you've not already done so and maybe give some members you know do some of those things that kind of help the stream turn around because that's going to hurt us that was a big blip i had to literally shut the stream down it wouldn't let me do it dark horse with the ten dollar super chat so in comparison it's not fair to compare a game that's had 36 months to improve uh, their their game after disastrous launch and now is being used as a bat. Not saying by you, but by others. Dark Horse, I, I agree with you. Thank you for the ten dollars. I I said that in the be- in the show open. I said, listen, I like making comparisons to draw out what can be made better, what can be improved. I don't want to weaponize a game comparison to bash a game. I don't think that that's helpful. I like, okay. I believe you can you can demonstrably argue objectively that Cyberpunk is doing things better than Starfield. I do. Thank you for a single gifted member, Patrick. I think you can argue that. I think you could say NPCs look better, graphics look better, lighting looks better, there's no loading screens, customization's better, transmog, the UI, the, the inventory, just the RPG flow. I'm not constantly being weighed down with stuff. Like, I'm able just to go and move and continue playing. I can get immersed. You know, I'm able to go from one side of town to another, in a building, out of a building, up a building, down a building, with no loading screens. Like, you can objectively argue that Cyberpunk is doing things better, but rather than like weaponize that and wail on Starfield, say, "Hey, look, Starfield, you can benefit from what we've seen. From we we we've we've seen this this corner turn for Cyberpunk with with Phantom Liberty. Okay, do the same thing with your expansion. We know you have a DLC coming. We know you have additive content coming. That's when I think you can do something like that." Why can't Bethesda do the same thing? They don't seem to be willing to embrace this. Creature says, City Skylines is a bad example. If you notice, City Skylines 2 has included over 50 of the most popular mods from City Skylines in the base game of City Skylines 2. So you're saying they basically cook the the, the community efforts into the game? How are people comparing a game that released as a turd on consoles and took three years to get better in the initial promised release versus a game that just released? and is well-polished out of the gates. I would argue Starfield's not well-polished out of the gates. I would argue that they're both very similar, Eric. They both overhyped their game. Both games uh, promised me some tectonic, amazing RPG experience. Yo, another coffee order. Thank you so much. I believe that was you, Sorcerer. Thank you. Both games over-promised and under-delivered. Yes, Cyberpunk was in a worse state at launch, but they both did the same thing. Star- I would not say that Starfield is is in a great, polished place. It's buggy, it's glitchy, it, it, it has a litany of loading screens. I don't think it's a very impressive-looking game. I don't think it's a very impressive game to begin with. It's basically Fallout 5. So, they played it very, very safe. They, bas- they basically copy paste it and, and just brought over the looting system the gun system they didn't iterate on any of that stuff starfield is not a next gen title by any stretch of the imagination it's not hitting performance resolution or graphical fidelity of a next gen game now i know an xbox podcast might tell you that there's ray tracing in the game when there isn't but it's not a next gen game it's not checking any of those boxes okay that's an under delivered product 
it's an under-delivered product. I don't think it's as bad as Cyberpunk, though. Finally got you to respond. I thought I was on a shadow block list for a while. Eric, sometimes I think the more pleasant people are, the more likely they get ignored in here. Like, sometimes you almost have to make a a, a sharper worded statement to get my attention. I apologize. I, I don't try to ignore anybody. I really, really don't. I try to read as much of chat as, as, as humanly possible. Um, I've never intentionally tried to not read somebody, especially a gold badge. So I, I do think that you can compare it. I've continued to say, though, we have to look at cyberpunk in its context. It took three years to get here. It took complete overhauls of entire systems to get here. And it's an expansion. It's new content. It's another crack at, like, can we tell a really good story? Define next gen. Next gen was defined for us when they marketed the Series X and the PlayStation 5. Higher frames per second, higher resolution, no more loading screens. Features like ray tracing. Starfield doesn't have any of that. It doesn't. Loading screens all over the place. It doesn't have higher frames per second. The resolution's not impressive. And there's no ray tracing. It doesn't check a single next gen box. It's not a next gen game. It isn't. They limited it to next gen, but it ain't a next gen game. If, if you were trying to show off the next-gen power of the Series X, like let's say you were going to a, um, a presentation room and they were like, all right, Billy, we need you to bring the best game. to ju- I want you to show off all the features that were promised on the Series X. So we're going to want to see some 4K. We're going to want to see some ray tracing. We're going to want to see some high-resolution you know, environments, high-frame rate environments. We're going to want to see some, you know, some instantaneous loading screens. You're like, okay, cool. I'm going to show you Starfield. You're not going to be able to show any of that stuff off because none of that stuff's in the game. You're going to have to go to like probably like Forza Horizon. When did they say loading screens? What do you mean when did they say loading screens? Go watch the Project Scarlet marketing. Go watch the marketing around Series X. They said loading screens are a thing of the past. You think I'm making this up? What do you mean when did they say loading screens? It was part of the marketing. (laughs) They all said loading screens are a thing of the past. To be fair, I think Sony was the only one talking about loading screens. No, Project Scarlet marketing. They literally reference loading screens when you're in an elevator. Like they literally talk about it in the marketing. They like talk about how games try to hide loading screens. And they're like, loading screens are a thing of the past. They did 100%. They even reference the classic in the elevator loading screen. They reference it in the marketing. <laughs> like that was one of the things promised. Next gen is going to usher in higher resolutions. Higher frame rates, no more loading screens. That's what we were promised. Someone pull out the butt Sony card. No, I think Eugene was just trying to be fair. He was like, wow, to be fair, I don't think they mentioned it. Oh, no, they did. (laughs) They did. And I think that that's fair to point out. I think it's fair to say, listen... The goal of today was not to bash Starfield. The goal of today was to say, Cyberpunk does these things better. Can you do that in Starfield? Can you? Can you go to Starfield and can you comb down, trim down loading screens? Can you uptick graphical fidelity? 
Could you make the NPCs look a little bit better? But the tools weren't ready. Oh gosh, the t- yeah, the tools. Oh my gosh. Turns out the tools were the people making those videos. <laughs> hey Like the tools? What are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about? We're not get we we didn't we didn't get we didn't get what we were promised. Like that's okay to say. That's not hate. You know, if if somebody says yeah, I'm going to bring you out a world-class five-star restaurant ribeye dinner, and they bring out like a burnt New York strip, I'm not going to be hating them when I say, hey, this isn't what you promised me. What's with all the hate, bro? I mean, it's meat after all. Like, come on. That wouldn't that wouldn't be the response. I think it's healthy. It's healthy and it's okay. Like, I think it's good for your brain. It's good for your heart. It's good for your integrity to be like, I didn't get what I was promised. I would like this game to improve. Is there anything wrong with asking a game to improve? Let's just talk about Cyberpunk. Let's not even talk about Starfield. Was it wrong for people to say, well, my gosh, this is nothing like the marketing. All those guys that reviewed the game said this game was amazing. What happened? This is not what I was promised. Like, CD Projekt Red pulled the same nonsense. They tried to control who could review it so they could create this trajectory of here's the game's score. And then when the game came out, everyone was like, huh? This is not a good game. This game is bad. This isn't even a well-built RPG. The further people got, the more people invested, the more they said, the RPG elements aren't even that good. Now, obviously, yes, it, it did it did better on Steam than it did on console because it wasn't as glitchy and as buggy. But even the people that liked it, even the people that were enjoying it were like, ah, yeah, I mean, there, there's just issues here. There's stuff here that doesn't work. A 20 bomb! That's a big one coming in from Behemoth. That'll help turn things around. Thank you so much, Behemoth, taking us all the way to 32. And that bumps us up to the next goal so you are the agent of chaos this guy comes in and drops a 20 bomb and he is also the agent of chaos thank you so much another 20 bomb would be an agent of chaos and would hit 50 i don't know if we have any of the big boys here that want to start a 20 gifted member train with behemoth but we've seen it before and we could see it again the worst part of something like this is people will complain to the moon and back about a bad launch, but when it's a bad launch on their machine, they stay quiet, which is why we still get bad launches. People keep buying and playing trash and accepting it because it's from their business gaming daddy, says Butters. Tori, with 18 months and a VIP, do you mind wishing my girlfriend Jessica a happy birthday? She's watching right now. Jessica, I want to wish you a happy birthday. I hope Tori gets you something better than this message because, I mean, <laughs> might be time to find another man if this is all he got you. So, <laughs> I love <laughs> oh, I hope. <laughs> I really, really hope that you actually got her something and I didn't just totally ruin the whole day. 
like this man on the TV. Look at what he look at what he said. He's saying you should have got me something. He said, and you're like, babe, I'm in between jobs right now. And she's like, I know, but you could have saved. You could have saved. I saw you buy that video game the other day, and you're like, I gotta have some me time. I didn't wasn't able to plan, and I ruined the whole day. <laughs> You ain't got no problem giving money to this little man on the camera bowsing in his chair, but you can't give me a gift. <laughs> oh gosh, he bought her Starfield. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, I hope that was a good birthday. I hope this is a good birthday moment for you both, Tori. Thanks so much for watching the both of you. <laughs> Oh, oh, man. <sighs> well, that backfired. <laughs> can, you can you imagine? He, like, brings her over, and he's like, babe, this guy's going to wish you a happy birthday. And he's like, oh, this mother... <laughs> yes, Mama, I did. I did wish you a happy birthday, babe. I said I, I hope you have a great birthday, and I, I hope that you're. I hope Tori got you more than this message from me. <laughs> anyway, uh, Darth Nihilus with a gifted membership. Let's change the subject. I just, I just busted up a relationship. That's amazing. Thirty-three members out of fifty. Thank you so much, Darth Nihilus. <laughs> Yeah, I'm okay with the delayed lunch. That's fine. No, I'm fine. I'm fine, Mama. I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm being cool. I'm just hang, I'm just hanging out with the stream. I'm not being Rudy Tooties. I'm just hanging out with the stream. You said Becca. <laughs> she named her. She just made up a name. She's like, well, Becca was having a good birthday until you ruined it. Oh my gosh. Lono messing up a guy's romantic birthday plans. Fun fact, a meme I made was once shared by a guy and I got him a date. Hey, I mean, there you go. Oh. <laughs> Tori twit longer incoming. Come on, man. I don't need canceled again. Gemini Christmas. It's, if I upset the Xbox guys, they try to do that enough, you know? <laughs> well, in 2020... <clears throat> got yourself in trouble? No, no. That was great. Okay, good. Good, Tori. I'm glad. I'm glad y'all could enjoy that. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad y'all could enjoy that. Rudy Tooties. That's something my wife says. She says, don't be Rudy Tootie. <laughs> Rudy Tootie. If it's really bad, she'll say Rudy Tootie Stinky Booty. She'll be like, you mean a Rudy Tootie Stinky Booty? That if you if that if you achieve Rudy Tootie Stinky Booty status in my house, you have you have gone wrong. You stepped wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs> my kids know we mean business when we say that <laughs> my son to this day still says grumpy guts like your guts instead of Gus I'm like don't be a grumpy Gus he says don't get grumpy guts <laughs> he remixed it and made it better you know because grumpy guts nobody wants grumpy guts local streamer causing boom and demand for couples therapists this is what I walked into. What's good, Orphan Twin?
Digital Foundry finally admits that the PlayStation 5 is better designed than the Series X. PS5 is much cheaper to produce, yet same or higher performance. Quote, Sony made a lot of good decisions on how to use the technology, arguably more efficiently than Microsoft. Quite a feat. Hardware company versus a software company. Who's going to win? Was this ever in doubt? Was it ever in doubt? I mean, I... <clears throat> I thought it was guts. We always said, don't be a grumpy Gus, like Gus, like a person, like grumpy Gus. After I eat this breakfast burrito, I'm going to have grumpy guts. <laughs> oh, is this video ready to be scheduled? Is it? Because I usually schedule around now, so it, so a 30-minute notey can go out. Looks like it is. Elder Scrolls release window. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I got a video about Elder Scrolls coming today. And... Okay, today's the 27th. And we're going to go for the 27th at noon. It's going to be a premiere with the ambient intro. And then I'm just going to need a thumbnail for the members-only debrief creature. Let me schedule that. You guys have about 40 minutes if you want to make a run. If you want to make a run on the member count and try and hit one of those goals. Um, this might be the first month in many months we haven't achieved a, like a milestone for a perk. 2351. So you guys need about 650. 650. That's a big, big run. I mean, you guys have done it before, but we need 650 to get to, um, these are the goals that we had for this month. We actually toned it down this month. We did. We toned it down because we kind of fell after last month because last month was insane. And I don't, I don't expect that every month. So we, we toned it down. So you can get the, the first perks at, at, uh, at 3000 for, uh, for fight night. Uh, it's all about bottleneck elimination, spicy kimchi soup. They fed us at school lunch today. Gave me grumpy guts. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's, uh, it says, sooner we watch it, the better. This is off the rails. Let's bring it back on rails. Let's bring it back on rails. Okay. All right. All right. I, I would like to know if I want to talk to the people who are presently enjoying Starfield. That's what I want. I want those people. I know you're in chat. I know you're here. I want to know. Do do you feel that you got the game they promised? Like, do you think that the game doesn't need any significant or, you know, tectonic system-wide changes? Single gifted member from Catwalk. Thank you so much. I mean, there's 600 people here. Y'all could actually do it if about half of you drop a five bomb. That's all we need. Y'all could go crazy. We could have the longest running train in the history of the channel if we did that. Me. Okay, okay. So you you feel like you got the game that you were promised. Or or maybe you're just saying, me, I enjoyed it. Yes, yes, I do. Agreed. Okay, that's me. Yes. Okay, Sony actually beats Microsoft and software also. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, Andrew Wilkins. I was just reading the tweet very quickly. I, I need to be careful not to do that sometimes. It gets us off topic. Abe says, nope, not the game it was marketed to be at all. Uh, Mash says, 18 in and loving it, but it's not what was advertised. Okay, okay. They're going to say yes? No, no, a lot of people are saying, I wasn't the game I wanted. Okay, 96 hours in, says Jake. Had a blast. The amount of loading screens in small areas was my only big complaint. Okay, okay. Uh, Another single gifted member from Nick Essen. Nick Essen has a white badge. Paying it forward. Paying it forward with a gifted member. Thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate that. 
Okay, so I, Jake says loading screens was my only was my only big complaint. Okay, so when you play, if you were to play a game like Cyberpunk or you were to jump into like Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, and there's virtually no loading screens, does that make you want any kind of an update in Starfield? Like, would you like to see them attempt to minimize the loading screens, make it more seamless? 140 hours and still doing stories. Okay, so Dark Horse is still doing a story. Okay, so would you like to see some improvements? Would you like to see them work on maybe like adding transmog, making the UI and the inventory better, you know, minimizing loading screens? Would you like to see the NPCs improved? Are any of those things in your mind, you know, in need of like a bump, right? Save image, member slide. Okay, get out of here. All right. Oh yeah, and don't forget if you guys can hit if you guys can hit this goal of three thousand, if you can hit this by Friday, I have to play Liza P on Friday night and try to beat Archbishop, and I don't want to. And I know you guys like making me do things I don't want to do. So the gauntlet has been thrown down. The gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> Make me fight Archbishop on Friday night. They need to fix stealth. I love Starfield. Too much menuing. Okay. Streamlined menus. I've heard that. Yes. Loading screens are so fast. I don't understand. I don't think they're fast at all, depending on where you're going and what you're doing. Some of them are quite long. Loading screen just to undock your ship is kind of annoying. Yep. That's one that I didn't like either. Improvement would be great, but this is Bethesda. Bare minimum is expected. I'm not a developer, so I don't know what they could do to improve. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. El, El Unico. Elunico Cocho? Is that how you say it? Listen, I'm not asking you to go into details of like how they would do it. Imagine that you can just go to them with a list of things that you'd like to see improved and they could just do it. Just imagine, like hypothetically, you could walk up to Todd Howard tomorrow and be like, I'd love these things to be improved in the game. Are are those, are, are there things that you would list? Because I would list... I would really like the loading screens to be shrunk down. I would really like combat to feel better. I would really like you guys to increase the weight limit because it's so halting. The flow is so bad. You know, I would like the opening to be more streamlined. I would like the NPCs to look better. I would have a list of things because I played Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty for two hours and I couldn't help but being like, man, they do so much of this better. They do so much of this better. It's a three-year-old game that they improved over three years, so it's a little bit unfair. But you can still take inspiration from it. You can still learn from it. Biggest issue with Starfield is going to be the lack of any real exploration. I got a ping for a DM and there was nothing there. Exploration's horrible. For real, for real. Empty worlds. 75 hours in says Nova. I just figured out that you can navigate all of New Atlantis without using the train system. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Just fast travel. Ryan says loading screen allow space travel in a system, but have uh, the warp load screen for in between systems. The way resources are pulled from outposts needs a lot of work. It could be a lot easier, says uh, Yanided BT. The weight is absurd in Starfield. I enjoy the game, but it's so unfair collecting stuff. I think, did you mean to say unfun? so unfair I mean I played for two hours yesterday in cyberpunk and I never once was like oh man I picked up too many guns 
Alright, bro, I picked up too many helmets. I gotta go throw some stuff on the ground. I never had to do that. And I, th- this is what always kills me. People are like, well, that's just an RPG. That's just inventory management. O- okay, then why is Cyberpunk not doing it? I've played plenty of games like this where I don't walk 20 feet and have to, like, drop stuff on the ground. Well, you're picking too much stuff up. Isn't the abundance of items and object permanence and the overwhelming amount of things that you could buy, break down, or sell, and carry, and and add to your loadout, or add to your collection, or whatever, isn't that part of the charm of the game? Then why in the frick are you bottlenecking it so much in the early stages of the game? Why? It's not conducive to, like, just basic game flow. Like, it's funny to me that, like, people give me grief about that. They're like, it's part of the game. It's an RPG. Okay, well, Cyberpunk's an RPG. Why am I not having to do it in that? There's tons of stuff to pick up in Cyberpunk. I'm picking up cans, and I'm picking up guns, and ball caps, and and jackets. I'm picking up all this stuff, and I never once am like, oops, hit the weight limit, gotta drop stuff on the ground. (laughs) I'm doing that constantly in Starfield. Overencumbered plenty of times in Cyberpunk. I'll be honest with you, I played for two hours, and if you're not going back to town in between or going to a shop in between to sell some stuff, that's on you. I'm having this happen. I was doing that in Starfield, and I was still running into that problem while I was out and about. It, it just it, it's, it's ridiculous how limiting it is right from jump. In Cyberpunk, you can dismantle the items. Yeah, that helps. You can dismantle them right there instead of just dropping them on the ground. Uh, oh heck with a $5 super chat tip modders have already showed you can fly around the solar systems as well and they don't have the modding all the modding tools yet over encumbered is a big problem for me in starfield it sucks your carry limit needs a plus 50 weight increase minimum what's good general grievous how are you you do get overloaded in cyberpunk at different mass if different planets what that sentence makes no sense. You do get over you do get overloaded in Cyberpunk. It different mass if different planets. What? What does that even mean? <clears throat> in Skyrim, every environment is snowy forest or cave. In Starfield, the environments are way more varied. You can visit completely different environments every few minutes. I mean, I I won't argue with that. I mean, the biome diversity is is nice. It's nice in uh it's, I think it's nice in Starfield. I never once felt like it wasn't nice. I actually think the creature diversity is also nice in uh, in Starfield. I think the creature I think the creature diversity is nice. I think the I think the worlds look nice. Now a lot of them are kind of barren and kind of empty and kind of and, and kind of bland, but they're different. The differences I think are are, are quite good. I, I've, I've never taken a significant issue with that. Cyberpunk seems to throw upgrade points at you. A few hours in, seems like you got like 20 points for upgrading. I don't like comparing, um, I don't like comparing speed like that necessarily. Uh, Elder Scrolls 6 release win. That's our debrief today. Uh, we'll go on to Skyrim for this one. Because every game has a different pace that they want the character to, like, level up, if that makes sense. 
My favorite part of Cyberpunk is you just run around the city doing random events and quests and getting loot. Then you become encumbered and you can just take a supplement gain for 50% increased carrying capacity and get to the nearest drop and sell it all. Right, like, again, from where I sat, it was just one one had better flow. Uh, Stonespire, 165 hours in. Granted, it's not what we were promised, but I still love what it is. He's talking about Starfield. I did download mods to get better UI, better looking NPCs, and a reshade that boosted my FPS to 88. I think we, I think we know why he likes it. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was talking to the to production. I mean, yes, I, <laughs> I. Of, I, of course, you, you, you. The modders have made the game better. <laughs> modders have made the game better for you. Uh, that 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 tracks. You know, having a great time, and <clears throat> the modders made the game perform better, and made the game <laughs> made the game uh, look better, and and uh, <laughs> made the UI better. <laughs> I'm teasing, obviously, to a certain degree. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Just that's good. That's a good one. You like the game or the mods? PlayStation Plus monthly games are Callisto Protocol, Farming Sim, and Weird West. I know Callisto is supposedly in a much better spot, so might be worth checking out if you haven't. Starfield's just not enjoyable without mods. Do you know what I you know what I really don't like about that reality is that so many people told me that before the game came out and I constantly defended Bethesda and I constantly defended against that notion and then like it ends up coming true. It's like I again it feels like a meme. It does. It 100% feels like a meme. It's like really this is what we're this is what we're going to do. You're going to let the modders fix it? Like, you're going to let the modders make it better? Bethesda Games devs uh, about new Atlantis in the game. It's a few moments of gameplay that make the space feel like it's full of real characters that are going about their day-to-day lives. Now, I didn't talk about that, but this is another thing that I think Starfield can take and learn from Phantom Liberty. When I got to Dogtown, and I, like, walked through, and, like, it opened up, they, I believe, I think in the best way I've ever experienced, they have captured what a real living town city should feel like. And I didn't feel that way the first couple times I played Cyberpunk. But I think Dogtown, they nail it. I comb through, there's this ambient fuzz of noise, almost like when you're like at, a, at an amusement park or... There's a bunch, there's something There's something going on downtown, like a fair or something. There's just good ambient sound. There's people talking. There's people shouting. There's, there is substance to the area. It feels alive. I, I feel like they nailed that in Phantom Liberty. And in Starfield, oh my gosh. The comparisons we're probably going to see. Because listen, you know the guys are going to do this, right? The guys that love to hate on Xbox and love to hate on Starfield. They're going to they're they're gonna do the comparisons. Is this a Starfield bashing? No. I, I don't understand. I think it's really hard to have conversations with people that always try to put things in such stark terms. 
So I say, here are things Phantom Liberty did better. Here are things that Starfield can learn from. They could better, they could improve, they could increase the quality of these things. And you're like, is this Starfield bashing? What's that meme where the guy's like holding up his hands and it's like a butterfly? That meme, right? They're like, is this Starfield bashing? It's like, anytime anybody says anything remotely critical about Starfield, is this Starfield bashing? Like, that's the meme I feel like I constantly live in when I try to talk about certain titles. When I try to talk about anything Xbox related, I feel like the slightest bit of criticism is hate, Sony Pony, bashing, like, it, we just immediately run to extremes. Like, I don't understand. This, this game could be so much better. I just played a game DLC yesterday, a game that's been improving itself for three years, and I'm like, my gosh, Cyberpunk's doing so many things better than Starfield. Starfield just came out. It's been in development for a really long time. It was supposed to be like a, a platform flagship. It's supposed to be a big, big game, and it just it really, really failed in a lot of areas. I think it's fair to say that. I think it's, I think it's okay to say those things. This is what I this is generally what I think happened. And this is where I sort of I fault the games media and I fault the attempts to control uh, reviews. Because what happens is is in the upcoming in the weeks that the game launched, like the first week the game launches, you have control you've controlled who got access to the game and those reviews tended to be more positive. You did an early access period where a lot of the people that fell off the bus and refunded the game, they couldn't leave reviews. So 12,000 reviews hit day one on Steam. It's got an 86%. And then you've got generally good scores in the review outlets. That becomes sacred canon. Are you tracking with me? That's sacred canon now. That's it's, it's good game. It's a good game. And what did they do? Anybody who broke from that sacred cannon got attacked. I got attacked. The guy from IGN got attacked because he gave the game a 7. His name was trending on Twitter. Why? Because he didn't adhere to or he didn't hold the line of sacred cannon. It's sacred canon. This is a generation-defining game. This is a flagship. It's amazing. It's great. It's getting good scores everywhere. Why? Well, we controlled who got to score it. It was early access on Steam. So the lion's share of the reviews you're getting are going to trend more positive because these are the people that stuck with it and kept playing. So you have a, a a more biased sample of review scores. And the minute, the minute you break from sacred canon, you're attacked, you're ostracized, you're labeled, you're you're whatever. That's why, as the score has fallen on Steam, what are we seeing on Twitter? Attempts to claim it's getting review bombed. No evidence to support that at all. No evidence to support it at all. Thank you, Crispy Bogod, for 24 months in a VIP. Cyberpunk has three years to improve on their horrible launch. It's not a great comparison. I've acknowledged that numerous times. It is a great comparison. Do you want to know why? Because Starfield could do the same thing. It's a wonderful comparison. An overhyped game that underdelivered and committed itself to bettering itself and then using an expansion to have like a turning point for the game. Starfield could do the exact same thing. It's a perfect comparison in that arena. 
right? Did Starfield deliver what they promised? No. Did they deliver everything that was marketed? No. So, take lessons from Phantom Liberty. Take lessons from Cyberpunk. Improve your game. Cyberpunk's doing things better than Starfield did. You understand that that's actually embarrassing, right? We're talking about CD Projekt Red and a game that came out three years ago patching itself to a better state than a newly launched Bethesda game. Like, really think about that. You're saying, oh, it's not a good comparison. Actually, it is. And when you think about it, it's embarrassing for Starfield to say Cyberpunk's better. NPCs are better. Combat's better. No loading screens. Graphics are better. Customization is better. UI and the interface is better. Just the sense of a living, breathing town and city is better. That's embarrassing. It's like, what? Starfield shouldn't even be in the same hemisphere after how long it's been in development and who's behind it. I just got here. I missed your opening, but I agree. Given a fair chance, they should have a similar arc. Yeah, the point of today was learn from Cyberpunk. Look at all the things they're doing better than you. Arguably, Cyberpunk was the worst AAA launch of all time. Yeah. And the fact that they were able to get it to where it is now, and you're like, oh, but they had three years to do that. Oh, okay. How long has Starfield been in development? (laughs) What? Starfield's been in development for how long? And you're going to cite three years of patches? Three years of patches is like, that's just like unfair. What do you mean? Well, what's Bethesda been doing for the last five years then? Bethesda was developing Starfield while Cyberpunk had its downfall and rise. Right, so you couldn't look at... Okay, go back to vanilla Cyberpunk for a second. Just go back to vanilla Cyberpunk. NPCs looked better. They did. They did. Now, they didn't behave better. They behaved crazy. They behaved erratically, and the cop system was a joke. But the NPCs looked better. Did did Cyberpunk spend the last three years removing loading screens? Did it? No. So even in, its, even in its vanilla state, Cyberpunk had things that it was doing that were better than Starfield. Big, huge open areas, big, massive city, big, massive buildings, no loading screens, NPCs that arguably looked better, graphics that arguably looked better. And that was three years ago when it was buggy and glitchy and everybody was memeing on Cyberpunk. Everybody was memeing on it and talking about how bad it was and it was a joke of a game. It was one of the worst games ever launched. Why am I allowed to enjoy exploration? Why am I allowed to enjoy exploration without mods? I'm not sure what you're saying. The average loading screen in Starfield is one to three seconds. How is that long? Okay, it's not about the fact that they're long. It's the fact that they're everywhere. Go in a building, loading screen. Come out of the building, loading screen. Go to your ship, loading screen. Take off, loading screen. Land, loading screen. Exit your ship, loading screen. Go in a building, loading screen. Come back out of the building, loading screen. In Cyberpunk, I leave a building... 
get in my car, drive across town, get in the building, get in an elevator, go upstairs, go to my room, come back down, get in an elevator, get in a car, go to a building, go inside, not a single loading screen. And they're not they're not 1 to 3 seconds. A lot of them are quite lengthy. A lot of the loading screens are not that fast. See the point the point is is that why wouldn't you want to see a game improve especially when this other game just did it that's the way I want to frame this Cyberpunk got to where it was with free updates and patches Think about that if you're looking at Starfield and you're looking at the rough edges, you're looking at the problems, you're looking at it with a straight face, you admit it's not some 10 out of 10 game, it's not a perfect game, it's got flaws, it's got things that you would like to see addressed and improved. Cyberpunk was able to make their game better with free patches and updates. <clears throat> and I would hazard a guess they don't have the bandwidth of, of CD Projekt Red. I would hazard a guess that Bethesda Game Studios has more bandwidth than CD Projekt Red. Sven says, when there's a sentiment of it's only enjoyable or good with mods, it implies that the game without mods is bad, and I'm pretty sure in this stream and elsewhere, the game is still considered good, not great. Maybe by some. I'm kind of lukewarm to it. Here's the reality, Sven. I played Phantom Liberty yesterday for two hours. And you want to know what somebody pointed out? It was Trill Troll. He said, you didn't have to change the way you were playing to enjoy it. And that to me was like a mic drop from 10 stories up. It was just like, I was like, you're exactly right. I had to let go of expectations. I had to I had to drop and lower what I was expecting from Starfield. I had to change the way that I was playing. I did a stream about how to enjoy Starfield. I don't have to do that with Phantom Liberty. Boot up, skip to Phantom Liberty, have a ball. That's that's my guide. You want my tutorial on you want my tutorial on how how to enjoy uh, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty? Y- you ready for this? You ready for this? All right, here we go. This just in. Here's a very quick tutorial on how to enjoy Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. Make sure the game is downloaded and installed and you've purchased the expansion. Open up the game, click new game and then click jump to Phantom Liberty. That's it. That's all you have to do. Have fun. That's it. That's the video. I, did, I, had to ch- I had to change the way I was playing. How many people have said about Starfield, I just had to keep going. I had to force myself. I had to keep going. I had to start mainlining the quests. Yeah, just mainline the quests if you want to have fun. That's you adjusting. Like, you're almost lowering your expectations or, or modifying your approach to the game to enjoy it. That's a fair point. I've never disagreed with how the game was marketed or how expectations were mismanaged. I think they did a bad job telling us what Starfield actually was. Yeah, I did all that without a loading screen. Uh, 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 uh. 
What's this? You say hel- goodbye. I say hello. 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 What is this? Games leaving Game Pass on September the 30. Weird West. PlayStation Plus monthly games. Are- oh, it's coming. That's weird. That's actually kind of weird. I wonder why that happened. I think that's just unique timing, probably on the contract, right? That's probably just a contract expiring. I don't think that's that big of a deal. They both likely do it. You lock a game up. We got 14 minutes before we're going to go to a video about the Elder Scrolls 6 release window. I've got some concerns, but also some ideas about how they could actually pull this off. And I'm interested to know what you guys think. You're going to need to be a member if you want to do the debrief after. We basically watch the video together. Uh, We watch the video together, and then we discuss it in a debrief after. If the only loading screen or animation in Starfield was the grab jump, that would have been fine. Yeah, because I mean you have that in No Man's Sky when you go to another when you go to another um, galaxy. You got I mean come on, what are you going to do? <laughs> you got to have something in between a <laughs> a literal galaxy with planets and then you're going to go to this one. Yeah, you can have a loading screen there, but when I'm going from the street to inside a building, did I miss a super chat? Hang on one second. I'm sorry if I missed a super chat. Give me one second. I missed Vedger's resub as well. I'm sorry, Vedger. Six months from Vedger. Is Starfield the IP itself or the creation engine? I don't understand the question. Dark Horse with a $5 super chat tip says, Cyberpunk 2077 took seven years to dev and then an extra three to be great. So 10 years to be great. You know what's interesting about that observation, Dark Horse? What's interesting about that? is I've been trying to tell people that the scope of game projects and even their budgets are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And yet there's this weird narrative on on social spaces and conversations around games that game prices should not go up. Like, what I would love somebody to do that's trying to maintain that position, the game prices should not go up because, well, they had to pay for cartridges back in the day. Right? So when I would go to the store and buy a 50 or $60 video game as a kid, like a cartridge, I was spending, at that time, according to inflation, I was spending about $120 for a game that had less content than games today and was never going to get updated or fixed or anything if it had bugs in it. I spend less than that today for games that are like twice the size. Like, like twice the size. Three times the size of games we bought back then, Right? So, in, in that vein, in that vein, I also want people to consider, not only are we spending less money per game according to inflation, and we're getting more game per dollar than we did in the past, because I think that's a giant hurdle for these people to get over intellectually and logically. I don't think they can, because they argue from entitled ideological positions. They don't argue from logic and reason. Logic and reason would dictate we're spending less money now for larger games. We're actually getting a better deal than we used to. Okay? The next question I have for them 
if they somehow manage to get over the insurmountable Loctite logic of you spend less money now to get significantly larger games, if they somehow manage to get past that logically, which they can't, so they'll hand wave past it, or they'll cite one or two games from the past that are really big, if they can somehow get past that, this is what they'll say. Oh, well, it was more expensive back then because of cartridges. Oh, okay. Do me a favor then. I want you to compare the development budget for the biggest game back then. Just go Ocarina of Time. What's the development budget for that game? What was the bandwidth requirement? What was the time to market? What was the length of that budget? And I want you to compare that to your average open world game today. Do you want to compare? Do you want to compare the budgets? Do you honestly think that it was cheaper? I'm sorry, you think it's cheaper to make games now than back then? You think so? I think that's adorable. I think it's adorable that people think that. That people think games made for like Nintendo 64, some of our favorite games from that era, that it was somehow more expensive back then to make games because of the cost of plastic. We have studio sizes, budget sizes, bandwidth requirements, project lengths now that absolutely dwarf and overshadow anything made back then. Anything made back then. It's not even close. So if you're going to try to argue that game prices shouldn't go up and that that's just driven by greed or whatever, it has nothing to do with inflation. Okay. According to Google, Ocarina of Time was developed concurrently with Super Mario 64 and Mario Kart 64 for the Nintendo 64 by Nintendo Entertainment Analysis and Development Division for more than 12 million with a staff of more than 200. Thank you. Two hundred people and twelve million dollars. Go ahead. Go make a game the size and the scope and the scale of these open world games with two hundred people and twelve million bucks. Do it. Do it. I'd love to see you do it. It'd be amazing. Go f- go for it. Another insurmountable mathematical economical fact that these entitled ideological people cannot get past you can't get past the reality that games back then cost significantly less and required significantly less time they came to market faster they had less people working on it you have more people working more money involved greater risk and you're like game prices shouldn't go up What? What are you talking about? That, like, as far as dollar to value, what are, what are we even saying? It's ridiculous. Digital only DLCs, more ways to make more money. Cliffo, hear me when I say this. I'm not saying that the developers and the publishers have to raise the prices. I'm saying it stands to reason that they can because we get way more and they spend way more to build the games they spend way more time way more, what's a whole lot more bandwidth they have way more cost they have way more people 
They're hiring celebrities to do mocap. That's the cost of Zelda and Mario. Two games. Two games. Mario 64 and Zelda. Two games. For 12 million. Basically 6 million apiece. And The Last of Us Part 2 development cost but was $220 million. Walker, thanks so much for jumping back in. If you watch anybody talk about this, if you watch anybody do a Twitter thread or a video about it, I guarantee you they won't talk about any of this. And if they do, they'll backflip logically right around it. They won't address it head on. They won't. That when you buy, you know, Breath of the Wild for $60, you're getting a massive amount of more content for less money. You're getting, as far as like how many dollars to size, how many dollars to value, how many dollars to playtime, it's not even comparable. And then when you consider the prices that go in, you're like, oh, but digital, oh, but DLCs and microtransactions. Okay, do you think those things are purely motivated by greed? Or do you think those things are motivated by this is getting too expensive, we've got to mitigate risk? Okay, yeah. So if you want to actually let's let's be fair on inflation, right? When I was buying video game cartridges back then for around sixty dollars, it was about one hundred and twenty dollars, right? <clears throat> it was about one hundred and twenty dollars. According to inflation, that twelve million budget to build Mario sixty four and Zelda at the same time that would be about twenty two million today. Twenty two million dollars. That's it. Can you imagine building a giant, awesome, crazy Mario and a giant, awesome, crazy Zelda today for roughly $11 million a piece? Once again, the ideological entitlement about prices and inflation, it's not facts-based. It's ideologically-based. It's emotionally-based. It's not rooted in any facts. It's not rooted in any of the economic realities of cost of gaming. They had to buy uh, plastic and and, and ship the plastic uh, to the store. They made two of the best-selling games, two of the most popular games for the Nintendo 64, for basically according to our prices today, they made them for $11 million a piece with 200 people. Are you kidding me? Try and do that today. Build a game the size of Horizon Forbidden West with 200 people and 11 million bucks. Do it. Do it. But it probably shouldn't go up. Be quiet. Quality of games coming out now are horrible. Really? Really? Hogwarts, Horizon Forbidden West, Final Fantasy 16. These are all these are horrible games. That once they patch Jedi Survivor, Jedi Survivor is a great game. It just came out too early. We got to diagnose the actual problem. Jedi Survivor is a great game. It just came out too early. It's a great game. I just played it. It's awesome. I loved it. Liza P. That's a horrible game. Is Liza P. a horrible game? One of the greatest years in gaming that we've had in like fifteen years, and you're going to try to argue that the quality of games coming out now is quote unquote horrible 
horrible. So last year, Horizon Ridden West, Elden Ring, God of War, those were horrible games. Go watch the Game Awards. All those games that were nominated, all those games came out, those games were horrible? Burning Shores was horrible? What games are you playing? You're ignoring the fact that there's billions more gamers? So? Who cares, Cliffo? So should McDonald's lower all of its prices because it's all across the globe? Well, there's billions more potential customers, so let's just make everything a a buck. What are you talking about? Just because there's more customers doesn't mean you lower the cost of your item. Let's say, Cliffo, that you make an amazing product. Uh, It's an amazing... Uh, marker. It's this great marker. And the ink's cool and you never have to, you know, you never have to buy another one. You have to refill it and, you know, you you charge $15 for this marker. And you scale to the point that you now, instead of having millions of customers, you have billions of customers. Are you going to lower the price of the marker just because you have a larger footprint? Just because you have more customers? Are you? Isn't the value of the marker, isn't the production that goes into it, isn't the cost that goes into it relative to what you're going to charge? Don't you see? In, in a market of value transmission, in a leisure market of value transmission, you don't pay less just because there's more customers. That's ridiculous. That, why would we do that? I want to pay top shelf for top shelf product. I don't care how many customers there are. Oh, I was trying to pop my back. Most game, most games on Game Pass aren't worth playing. I mean, I don't. That's 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 a debatable topic. Like th- that's subjective to the player. It, there are people like Doc Dark who he came he came to gaming late, so his experience with Game Pass has been amazing. Why? Because he's going he's going back and playing through a bunch of amazing games, right? The the the, the difference is too is he's playing a bunch of games that were that were built in the buy to play model. So of course they're good. They were built at a time where the game had to be good or it wouldn't sell. And you're they all getting thrown on Game Pass. So of course they're good. We got to get going. I wasn't watching the time. I'm going to redirect you guys to this video. I'm going to gift the members that I owe you. I currently owe you five members. If we get 15 more members in this premiere about the Elder Scrolls 6, I will gift more members. We can keep this discussion going, but you're going to need to be a member to come to the debrief. Right now, we're not going to a debrief. We're going to a video about the Elder Scrolls release window. I'm going to be over there in the chat gifting members, so come along with us. Before we leave this video, smash the like button. We only need 40 more likes, and then when you get over to the new video, smash it again. I'll see you over there. The Elder Scrolls release window is worrying. Let's go check it out.